This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hi, my name is Pete Holmes. And I feel frustrated, but honored to be Conan O'Brien's friend. Yeah! Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. It's pretty simple. This is the show where I, Conan O'Brien, uh, talk to people in the business, uh, celebrities I've interviewed over the years, and try and find out, is it possible we could be real friends, not just fake showbiz pals? Now, I'm aided in my quest by my assistant, for now, Sona Movsesian. Hello. Come on, Sona. You know you're with me for the long haul. Yeah, but it's hard to really believe that when you constantly keep talking about how my time's limited. You say I, that often. I like to dangle that because I think that will inspire you to greater heights. Do you think it's working? No, it is not. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I also want to uh, give a shout out to my producer, Matt Gorley. Matt, how are you? I'm good. And I think because you don't threaten my job, it makes me actually worried that maybe it is a short tenure here. Yeah. yeah your replacement is standing behind you. Oh, his name is Philip. Hi, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I call you Gorley a lot. I don't know why. You might not like that. Can oh, I, guess I like you? it just fine. Yeah. Is it okay? I mean, I call you Matt. I have so many Matts in my life, but I only have one Gorley. Yeah, I'm, I'm your one Gorley. I don't like Matt anyway. All right, Gorley. Thanks oh. for being here. You do a great job. Well, that's nice. I'm not sure that's true, but... Uh, no, it's true. Okay. Yeah. I do think this podcast is doing very well. You're probably a big part of that. Uh, no, that's oh. this is all you guys. Oh. Yeah. I'm just putting it through filters and shit. Okay. I don't think yeah. that's true. No, well. we, we, we've, Gorley is the magic spice. He's the secret, he's the Colonel's secret recipe. We're mm -hmm. all holding hands right now. No, no, we're not. 
That would uh, violate uh, I'm company I'm holding policy. somebody's hand right now. <laughs> you were just, hol- you were just holding a severed hand. Oh my God. <laughs> Today I'm talking to someone uh, I have a lot of admiration for. Pete Holmes. What I'm liking about this so far, and you've been doing this a long time, yeah. is that it's completely the way you and I would talk. Yes. Uh, without any interference. Right. Without, uh, and, and the show. Do you feel like when you do the show that there's levels of interference or do you think that's getting close? The current show? Yeah, because you're quite relaxed on the show. Well, I, I really appreciate it. It's one of the great thrills of my life that I've done your show enough times to be relaxed. Certainly the first time I was, you know, Jimmy and my bridges. Yeah. Trying to get some new phrase, new phrases going. Jimmy and my bridges. Jimmy and my bridges. Well, there was a kid in my neighborhood, Jimmy. Well, how do we know that? This is the type of narcissism I exhibit. I make jokes that don't, I know you don't know. How could you do that? You just said, I'm Jimmy and my Bridgies. And I was like, well, I feel stupid because that's clearly a classical reference to a Shakespearean drama. And then it turns out, no, Jimmy from my neighborhood. How could you not know that? It's all baloney. It was just fun words. My mom will do that, though. A waiter will come. Like, you and I will be talking about the bread. And we'll be like, yeah, this bread's pretty old. And then the waiter will come who wasn't privy to that. And she'll be like, uh, let's say we said the bread was dry. And then she's like, the waiter will say to my mom, you want some water? And she'll be like, what am I, the bread? To him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm always like, mom, he doesn't have the info. You're just a it. crazy person. Who's like, what am I, bread? What am I, oatmeal raisin bread? Yeah. And then. He calls an EMT and says there's someone. <laughs> A woman's having a stroke. A stroke does... No, let's not do stroke bits. Too many people having strokes. Really? Right? I don't know. I'm going to keep doing them until I have one. No, it is a funny go-to, but I was going to say that a stroke kind of sounds... Like, it's a stroke. You stroke a cat. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Nobody's like, hey, quit stroking my cat. You stroke a cat, then, or you stroke your gentleman lover. Okay, let me tell you something. Give him a stroke. If you're working on a new hunk, <laughs> and I sense that's what you're doing... I am not! If you're going to do this stroke bit... No! You stroke a cat. What are you, a stroke? A stroke. A stroke. It sounds like such a nice thing, a stroke. Oh, my God. It is a Seinfeld bit. You stroke a cat? Hey, I had a question. Stroke your boyfriend? This is a bit I've wanted to do for a while. Yeah, have a great idea. It's a stroke of genius. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I forced it. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. Here's here's a bit that I want to work on, which is how are we going to know when Jerry Seinfeld has Alzheimer's? Hilarious. Because he's going to come out on stage and go, I just want to know who are these people? (laughs) That. What is the deal? With pizza. Uh, and and people are going to first think that Jerry's working on, they're going to think he's working on new material. For at least But then he's going to go, no, seriously, <laughs> who are these people? Uh, Jerry, these are your loved ones. No, I'm scared. I'm lost in the corridors of my own mind. Who are these people? Jerry, Jerry, calm down. I'm terrified of everything around me. Who are, what is this? Thing that that's a window, Jerry. What? What is a window? And then you, it ends with it ends with you him. look out, you see, it's a window. Yeah. And then he goes, that was a bit. That one was a bit. You know that what I mean? One, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, it does work. One that's how you in close there. it. I call those playground bits where they're like, you have the premise, you can do it forever. Yeah. But then no, you have to have that cord that you pull. 
And then he has, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm no, just no, saying, I it's just nice did to have this, that period. I just, this, what am I telling you what to do? No, no, I just did this 18 city tour and I have this hunk that I do up front. And then I thought of that on the road and, and so I was funny. working it out in front of the comedians. And they're like, that's really funny, but I never did it on stage because I thought, I don't know yet. But I've, but it might think, be because you don't, you didn't know where the court is. Yeah. The end. I wonder if real like vaudevillian showbiz is going to come back because we're all loose. We're the podcast generation of comedy where it's like even your talk show, you can be transparent. People are like, yeah, we're seeing behind the curtain. I wonder if the curtain's going to make a comeback. If our, right. our kids' kids are going to be like, he came out, he was probably it's like John Mulaney. John Mulaney just does stand up. John's yep. not like, and that's how that one ends. He doesn't. No. He doesn't do that. He is a throwback. He is a, <laughs> throwback. a throwback. And, and that's a high compliment. He's yeah. he's a very disciplined storyteller and joke teller. And he crafts his act in this way that's a little out of time for today. Agreed. Because, and again, it, it's there are people that abuse the privilege. There are comics that have their shit together. And then there are ones that are very brilliant, but they they kind of wallow in, I don't really know where this is going. And I, right. well, what am I really doing up here? And right. they comment on everything. And sometimes it goes too far. Of course. I, I think what we're talking about is podcast standup. It's like now that they know that we, we talk about bits in these ways, they I, I can't speak for everybody, but some audiences like it. Like you go see Mark Maron, who's, you know, the penultimate. What does that mean? <laughs> second penultimate is second to last. Well, I think he is. <laughs> well, now he is. <laughs> the next one. It's over. Yeah. I meant the consummate yeah. uh, podcast stand-up. No, he is the penumbra. I know what you're saying. He's the penumbra. <laughs> he's just, Jimmy in his trousers. Yeah. <laughs> he goes no, up. he's the pneumatic. I know what you're saying. <laughs> he's you? the Parasopopolis. Uh, I'm just going to say you a lot of- You know Jimmy Parasopopolis? Oh, God, help so We're going to, you know, this is, uh, it's a disaster. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is when you watch him- Yeah. 80% of it is just like, I don't, I don't know, you know, like, and we love it. Like, well, that's what makes it fun is that he's not doing, cause he's not supposed to be doing what Mulaney is doing. Mulaney's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Marin's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I do wonder if your kids, kids will be like, he came out from the curtain and he said, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I mean? Like, and yes. we're sitting at like lit up co cocktail tables and we that just want to show. Maybe that'll be nice. Sometimes it is nice. <laughs> I'm going to add some professionalism to this. We do have something in common. We're both from the Boston area. Yes. We're both tall. Yes. We are both bedeviled by our fathers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I've met your dad. Your dad's uh, quite the character. But yeah, I was calling over my uh, his mother. That's my dad. I know. He's Tell him to go to Lindell's Bakery and get me some Windsor cookies. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ten minutes later, I've never had a Windsor cookie. <laughs> What is it? Cool? Kale? Cool Ranch Cheerios. <laughs> well, this is the thing about your dad. You used to do an impression of him, and I yeah. thought it was a cruel, exaggerated impression. <laughs> and then I met him, and it's really not. That is nope. an accurate, That's were you him. a bystander and you were describing him to police? Yeah. And you weren't related to him. That would be an accurate description. Yes, a sloppy Peter Griffin type. When you, when I had the talk show that you did, my dad was that you gave me. My dad was in the audience, and I was interviewing Rob Corddry. My dad, by the way, wore a Red Sox jersey. Yep, Tevas, and he has like I love my dad, but he's got some fucked up feet. His feet look like who? Like when Star Luke Skywalker was in that pit that Jabba yep. the Hutt put yep. him in, and the yep. monster came out. They look like a Rangor. 
Rancor? Why would you even Rancor. know? Rancor. I oh, I love that. Oh, good. I nerd in yeah. the corner. He's knew. got Rancor feet. And, he, and he's like, I'm going to put these in Tevas. So whatever's growing on him can get some air. And, you know, grow better. <laughs> so he's got these nasty, mangled, kind of white old man Bostonian Teva Rancor he, feet. At least tell me that he was in a war. He was never in a war. Oh. Never in a war. Because the, being in a war is the good out for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the war. And yeah, then yeah. you're out. Yeah. But no, he was. his feet never saw action. No. Nope. <laughs> so why are they mad? Did, did they get dropped into machinery at some no, point? No, they're just, uh, they're, uh, they grew weird. He has what's called a hammer toe. Oh, Not God. MC. Not MC. No one thought of MC. And everyone thought of MC. Not a person in this room. So uh, your, your dad is, is Oh, just, he's in the audience. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's in the audience. And I'm interviewing Rod, Rob Corgi. He's also wearing cargo shorts. So he's, he's kind of thin chicken legs. He's got like Shrek body, big mm-hmm. dad body, sure. chicken legs. Yep. <laughs> and Rancor feet. You basically, you know that game <laughs> where where you fold a piece of paper three times? Yes. And you draw the, yes. the feet and then you hold it and then someone else not seeing the feet yeah. draws legs and then you pass it and then someone else draws the... The, the the mid body and then the final person draws the head and then you unfold it and you all made a body together. Yeah. You're saying that your dad is the product of that game. <laughs> exactly. Somebody got stoned and drew my dad <laughs> with five friends. <laughs> right. And so I'm interviewing Rob Corddry. My dad, my mom and my brother both dressed up. My dad's dressed like he's just leaving, not even a baseball game, like a batting cage. <laughs> like he was hitting some balls. And that, well, I'm interviewing Rob Corddry and I hear him. It made the show. He goes, who is this guy? What? Well, I'm interviewing, not that Rob, Rob's not T. Cruz, but I'm interviewing Rob Gordy. I'm telling the people who he is. Terry Cruz? Terry Cruz. <laughs> or Tom Cruise. Tommy Cruz. Okay, God, you you abbreviate everything. Got so so he, he was humiliating Rob Cordry. Yeah, and Rob Cordry ran with it to hilarious effect. These clips are available on YouTube. I'm here to plug the clips of our old talk show. <laughs> You know what? They'll live on forever. That's the beautiful thing. Isn't that fun? Well, what happens too is you've gone on, you've had this other success. People know you. Yeah. You're a well-established a guy. So then they they say, I like this Pete Holmes. And then they start looking and then people start posting yes. your talk show, which was very funny. And so well, the work TBS lives was on. Very, was very cool about it. They gave us a hard drive with all of it. They were very cool about it. And then Jeff Ross, your Jeff Ross. Yeah, pretty soon, not, yeah. What's that fucking hat? You look like you're going to go mop up a bowling alley in the 1930s with Oprah Winfrey licking the rim of your butthole. Why you got that belt? You look like Santa Claus at the shopping mall. You're going to hang a six-shooter from there, Wyatt More like Wyatt Burp. Look at this guy. Jesus. <laughs> Comedian Jeffrey Ross never has to do a set again because he can just play that with a tape recorder and hold it near his mouth. That was amazing. Do you think about Jeff- comedian Jeffrey Ross a lot? No, not often. Okay. Wow. <laughs> but that was I, amazing. I have, I have texted, tried to text your producer, Jeff Ross, and texted Jeff Ross, and I've tried to vice versa. Jeff Ross, my producer, shares a name with comedian Jeff Ross, and Je- for years, Jeff Ross would get comedian Jeff Ross's yeah, mail. all the time. And vice versa. Yeah. It's- and I knew it wasn't him because he wasn't like, you fat! Lesbian Val Kilmer looking. It was just like, hello, Pete. This is Jeff Ross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I maintain my Jeff Ross, a producer of our show, not a fan of comedy. <laughs> 
Shona, do you think that's possible? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, think he, it is. He's a great producer. And he I think, one of, yeah, the, he I think one of the things, he is professional. He's an amazing producer. He's the only producer I ever want to work with. I suspect sometimes he is not a fan of comedy. Yeah. Because he's like, I'll be making, saying, some, I think, some pretty funny stuff. And he's like, let's just wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> Come on, just ra- okay. Enough kidding around. Enough he's with your jokes. Let's get on with the Conan show. Enzyme. Yes, he is an. If essential- you're this, he's the thing that helps us digest that. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So he's like I, a porn producer that isn't into sex. He's just like, and then the breasts come out, and then the ass is shimmering. <laughs> right. And it wiggles a little bit because people seem to like that. And then they they. He is a porn legs. producer who's not that into sex. That's what I mean. <laughs> that, and I understand course, that they like the jiggling breasts. Right. And that <laughs> like means, He's just studying. <laughs> and in that analogy, I am a male porn star yes. with a massive penis. Yes, oh yes. God. Who uh, then, is very good at sex. <laughs> Maybe some say the best at sex ever. And sometimes in a rough spot would call in Andy Richter to help him finish. <laughs> yeah, Andy's got a feather. Andy's got Andy! A f- Andy! I need fluffing! Andy, shove that feather on my ass! <laughs> All right. Uh, you've... Completely derailed my podcast, and I regret having No, you, you have not derailed anything. I, uh, you know... Here's what I'm going to say is something I admire about you, Pete. Can I call you Pete? <laughs> is that okay? Is that all right? You're always insisting on Dr. Holmes. <laughs> That's my brother's rap producer name. Is that true? No fooling. Dr. Holmes 33. Wait, your brother's what? My brother, John Holmes. Make a joke. Go ahead. Make a joke. Nope. <laughs> my father also, John Holmes. Yep. Uh, is it, One of the things that he does is he produces beats for underground rappers, or he used to do it more. He might still do it. But you can look him up. Doctor, he's a, Doctor he's a white guy from Boston. He's a white man from Boston. Yes, yes, sir. And he produces beats for, for rappers. Yeah. Yeah, and he's good yeah. at it. You know what he does? I think so. From what I can tell, it's a, it's certainly a hard, hard game to get into. Now, is there anyone in your lineage that's got the comedy thing? My uncle Larry was hilarious. It was super, super funny. And my mom and my dad are funny, but no, nobody, they're like, my dad comes home filthy. And I think he likes that. He's got like an old school, like, you can tell, like, my back hurts. Like, he thinks that's great. And my hands are so soft. I could massage a seal and it'd be like, mommy. Right. I think it was his mother. He Ma- knows you're a hard worker. He told me that. That's he very said, sweet. He said, uh, he said I, I'm not going to do your dad's yeah. accent, but he said... <laughs> Because it wouldn't sound right, but he said, uh, "I'll tell you one thing about Pete: no one, no one can outwork him." Oh, that's very sweet. He yeah, said again, that again. He's you. projecting, and, right? he, and he was telling, and I was like, uh, "Stop talking to me about Pete." I actually don't fully relate to that. I wonder how you are. I think uh, I would. Well, you describe me, Sona. My, I think I'm a hard worker. You're, you're a very hard worker. Yeah, and Conan I'm, O'Brien can't stop. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very different from that, and that's how we clash a lot sometimes. It's, it's not that I don't work hard; it's that I don't don't care as much as you do. Right, I care so much about everything. <laughs> yeah, and can't, and then I get mad because I care so much about everything, and I wish I didn't, and huh. I try not to, but then I still care so much and Sona has always been the voice of eh I didn't do it well why didn't you do it well this is the I don't know I didn't care and I'll be like what Ah, what do you mean you didn't care right that I think when I watch the the documentary uh, Conan O'Brien Can't Stop it does make me a little bit it makes me a little bit sad because I see myself in it you know what I mean that part of us that's always sort of chasing the next thing or whatever yep but you know there's also part of me that's like I think neither of us because I relate more to that than to Sona, wouldn't trade it. You know what I mean? Like if you could turn it off, no, there's I, a pill you could take. 
I no, that's the thing. Well, that's the big question is if there was a way to turn it off, I would turn it off and then quickly turn it back on again, <laughs> yeah. you know? And uh, so I'm always signing up for way too much work, then complaining that I have so much work. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that to and, me too. And that is- uh, You're like, when I'm making the show, I want to be on vacation. When I'm on vacation, I miss making the show. And I yeah. was like, oh, wow, that's haunting. Yeah. It's a very that's haunting a idea. a terrible way to live your life. But um, it, I don't know if it is, because it's one of the cheaper fuels that runs the machine. And make no mistake, that work that sometimes we both dread has incredible highs. Yeah. These incredible highs. It's the addiction to the highs and the lows. I think there's even a part of us, I can speak from my experience, that enjoys when I'm like, oh, you once said my job is putting my soul in the wood chipper of show business. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time. Yeah. But there's a, there's, a, there's a beautiful, it's almost like a French like appreciation for like, can you see what they make us give? Yeah. But we kind of like it. Oh, no. That's the other thing, yeah. too, is that they're not making us give That's that. right. That's right. I, I, that's It's a narrative. What comes back to me is um, there's this moment of real clarity. I think it's in the documentary, which I haven't watched in years, but there was this moment where I come backstage. <laughs> I, play it on the screen. <laughs> yeah. I come backstage and I'm complaining to my wife and I'm saying they make are making me do this and they are making me do that. And she said, there is no they. There's just, there's you, you're doing it. And I realized that that's the, the filmmaker who made that documentary called it Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. And I, when he told me that was the title, I honestly didn't know what he was talking about. Hilarious. And then saw the documentary and it was like, oh, it's this, you know, it's really strange uh, to see a mirror held up to you uh, that's that accurate and not bad. I'm not, I didn't think I was, um, but it was, it was, it's just interesting. It's just I interesting wonder to if see. it's a New England thing, but I mean, we were both probably raised. I've thought about this. You and I grew up in New England and it's dark and cold in the morning. <laughs> and when you go out to go to school, the crappy car doesn't turn over because it's so cold <laughs> and it's dark. And my mom is making us say Hail Mary so that the car will turn over. <laughs> and she actually knew the name of the saint you're supposed to pray to who's good with cars, which yeah. is ridiculous because all the saints existed 2000 years ago. But there's one, there's like a Saint Marcus or something who's good with transmissions. <laughs> and my mom would make us pray to that saint. This is great. And then the car would slowly turn over. And there's something about growing up in, and then it, it, like that, and I have thought to myself, what if you could take a Pete Holmes and a Conan O'Brien and recast them so that they're born uh, in Santa Barbara? Yeah. And we surf. We walk barefoot to school. We walk barefoot. <laughs> we, we, we chill. There's a lot of chilling. Would, would we, uh, we, we maybe start smoking some weed? Like, yeah. a, is it possible that we would be different people? Like, I always thought if I grew up in Southern California, would I have had like a V-shaped torso and a girlfriend when I was 14? And would I have not had acne? And would I have just been this right. chill guy? And what would I be doing now? I'd, I'd. Well, I have pictures of me on the Cape and I was like blonde haired and I had a tan. Like I don't tan now. Like I was a little, I was svelte. I've been soft ever since. Like a svelte little boy. And I was like, maybe that's California Pete. But the question is, is California Pete funny? I don't know. I, I could see you on Venice Boulevard, like <laughs> not working out, but maybe 
giving surf lessons or something. No, but I, that wouldn't have worked either. My center of gravity is way too high. <laughs> Me too. I've got a disproportionate body. All of us body. tall people. <laughs> but, uh, but I have wondered that is there's so much of, there's a New England thing. And look at all the New England comics, the real club comics. Yeah. You know, that it's so harsh. I know. They're really funny. Yeah. But it's, everything's fucked up. It's a product of roads that were designed for horse and buggy. We had dinner one time around Christmas. Yep. In downtown Boston. That's what I love. That's a new Boston. Like a new- Because that's not the Boston you and I grew up that's with. That's what I mean. We didn't go downtown and, that's and, right. and eat in a fancy restaurant <laughs> when right. I was a kid. We that's went right. to we went to a, a place called Tony's Italian Villa on Route 9. <laughs> and n- now I know that is not an Italian restaurant. <laughs> but that's where we went. And we each got to have one soda and that was oh it. And my, my brother, God. Neil, always tricked me into drinking mine really quickly. He'd go, let's have a race. And- <gasps> And then I would drink mine really fast and he wouldn't drink his at all. And then he'd laugh at me the rest of the meal. Oh um, my Jesus, if ever I love thee. And now it's time for a segment called Conan O'Brien pays off the mortgage on his beach house. Yes. I believe in being honest with people. Took out a big mortgage, then borrowed against that mortgage, then borrowed against it again. Mistake. But uh, I'm an adult, and I'm going to pay down that mortgage. And we're going to take care of that right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Cap'n Crunch. This has meaning for me, okay? Because I grew up as a child obsessed. My brothers and I were obsessed with sugar cereals. We loved Cap'n Crunch. And then when they came out with Cap'n Crunch and Crunch Berries, I just, it was like Oppenheimer. I saw a white light and I knew that life had changed forever. And true story, I was just back in Boston visiting my brother, Neil, and not kidding. He is two years older than me. We are grown ass adults. What do we do? We sit down at our kitchen table in Brookline, Mass., and we both crack open a box of Captain Crunch with Crunch oh Berries. Oh my God. And we had it together, multiple bowls. And I was so happy. Oh, it's nice that you have that. It really is. Break away from the ordinary with Captain Crunch and bring back the spirit of adventure to your mornings. Everyday life can be stressful, but I've got to tell you, it's just such a sense memory for me. Not just original Captain Crunch, which is great. Then, oops, all berries yeah, they came up with. I remember that. Usually I don't eat foods that have oops in the title. <laughs> But when they came up with Oops All Berries, I was there. Peanut butter. Oh, my God. Peanut butter crunch is fantastic. It turns the milk into this cool peanut butter milk. I love it. Join the crew for your next breakfast time crunch venture. That's a word now. Buy Captain Crunch's new cinnamon crunch. Now at a retailer near you and learn more at captaincrunch.com. Neil, we made it! <laughs> Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. 
And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. Come on. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it in Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. There's some hidden little chip in us that makes us, we know, we don't consciously know it, but subconsciously we know we're not staying here. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt about I Massachusetts. Felt, and uh, a lot of my family stayed there. All of and when family. I go home, I don't Somewhere feel right. like, ah, Boston. That's right. My old home. It doesn't, I, I like Boston. I really love Boston. I love the people there. It doesn't feel like home. And in fact, New York never felt like home. I don't know where my home is. To be I, I'm with totally you. with you. I think there's a, a feeling of restlessness. I said to my family, we're kind of rough with each other. So they came to see the family. It's loving, but they came to see the baby. And, and they're just they're just sort of a nightmare. <laughs> it's a nightmare situation. I told the story on Kimmel, but my mom came in and was like, the first thing she said was, uh, we got you a, a book for Leela. We got her a book, but we left it in a diner in Pasadena. Will you go get it? And I was like, fucking no. Yeah. No, that's not a gift. That's an errand. We have a baby. You're supposed to like help. So anyway, they're kind of nightmares. And I said to them, if there was show business in Hawaii, I'd be in Hawaii. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, if I could go further. But there's something that sounds cruel, and I, I, don't, I don't care. I, I could explain to you how we love each other. It's no, no, I understand that you can... I, I want to get I away. I understand that you can love your family and they can also drive you crazy. That's I think right. we can all, but Sona, you can yes. you can relate to that. Yes. Gorley, yes. I don't know what your situation is. Of course, uh, of course. But I want yeah. you in this conversation. Thanks. You love your parents. Certainly. And your family. Dearly. Dearly, but you also, uh, I mean, you're routinely telling me how much you also despise all of them. <laughs> Off mic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Off mic. On a flow chart. He's constantly writing notes and passing them over to me. <laughs> during. <laughs> I despise slash love my family. And I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to work here. Gordon. You know what my therapist says? Just he, hit me. He says, hate your parents well, which I think is oh. really, like, do, do it intelligently and do it gra graciously and lovingly. And there is a way to sort of be like, 
Yeah, I don't. I love you. That doesn't mean I like everything about you. I also tell my my wife is a terrific, uh, terrific mom. She's great. She's always yeah. She puts so much effort and thought and love into into being a, a mom. And I'll always remind her. Remember, they're going to go to therapy yeah. and they're going to complain about us. Yeah, we can do all we 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 can base this turkey with love every five seconds, but the turkey when it's finally done is going to go like you know. As a naive new parent, and I'll concede that that might be what I am. You're very early in the process. I'm very early. Well, people how, give me a little, how, how far along are how how old? She's two and a half she's, months. She's two and a half months, yeah. right? Because you brought her to the show yeah. seconds after she was born, yeah, yeah which was, actually blew my mind. She was delivered in Jimmy Vivino's dressing room. Yeah, <laughs> you brought you you came to the show, and I was like, I can't believe you're doing this show because you just. Your wife just gave birth, we didn't and you know said, what "People meant." You, and, yeah. and you said, uh, "What do you mean? She's backstage." And uh, I walked into the dressing room. And your wife threw the baby at me. I <laughs> said, "Catch, catch!" <laughs> and uh, it was uh, very scarring for everyone. But well, we didn't know that when people say like, "Don't do that," they mean that you're going to get your baby sick. Yeah, because then we took our baby to Maui to see Ramdas because I wanted her to. Ramdas is my teacher, I guess we could say, uh, who's also from Boston, right. from Newton. Um, and I have a lot in common with him because of that, I feel. Anyway, I wanted him to, her to meet him and she got a cold. And we were like, oh, when people are like, you make all your mistakes with the first one. It's like, that's what they mean is we're on a plane. Everyone's coughing. We get to the retreat. Everyone has like, literally people had pneumonia and bronchitis. And we're like, oh, we'll be in the room. Like we just, we fucked up. Then like one day she got too much sun on one side of her face. But something I noticed, I I don't know. You're terrible parents. I'm really We're terrible parents. We need the baby taken away. But it wasn't a sunburn. It was just like enough that it was like. We thought she should go to a tubercular (laughs) ward. (laughs) We thought she should see where tuberculosis is cured. (laughs) So she was about a day old and we took her to show her what tuberculosis was. (laughs) Who knows? You make those mistakes with the first one. You learn. Val felt horrible. I noticed a naturally occurring in, uh, insurgence of what I call dad energy. Women can have dad energy too, obviously, and I can have mom energy. But I started having like that dad, like, she'll be fine. And I meant it. Yeah. Like she got more nervous than she normally did. And I got more self-assured that everything's going to be fine. And I was like, oh my God, we're yinning each other's yangs yes. right now. And it, nobody asked for it. I didn't read any book about it. No, but I that's just, exactly what you do. It's what happens, right? If your wife was super chill, You'd you be would, you would right. freak out. That's right. Well, I, you know what? We're going to have to take a break. We've wrap talked up. For, we've talked for you. Yeah, we got to wrap up. We've been, how long has it been? It's been uh, close to an hour. Jesus Christ. Tones. Just letting you guys roll. What the fuck? I don't know much about this guy, but all I've seen him do is try to put this show in a box. Mm-hmm. You can't contain this. I'm lightning and he's the bottle. Yeah, you know we're yinning and yanging. Yeah. <laughs> I'm father energy, he's mother energy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pay you a compliment. Oh, I love it. Not right now. <laughs> several, years, several years from now, you're going to get a letter and it's going to have a compliment that's just going to say, uh, you, you, you dress well. Um, it's going to be much less than that what you thought you were going to get. That is so not true. And you don't. <laughs> and it's going to be in quotes, so you know it's not true. <laughs> no, you know what I like is that you, um, there is a very popular vein in comedy, which is the comedian that is very unhappy and miserable. And I've always liked that you don't mind that vein. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That you, 
Uh, and, and, and there's some other, uh, Ron Funches also mm-hmm. talks about things that make Cinnamon him happy. Angel? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he talks about things that give him happiness. And I think you're uh, the, the same school, which I, I actually credit. I think that is a harder path to take. It's a, it's a, it's a more original or fresher path to take because I weary over the years of the people that that come out and they just tell you over and over and over how again how I'm sick, something's wrong with me, I'm bad, I'm neuro, you know, right. I, and and I'm a disease, and uh, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I I weary of that. I appreciate that when when you're starting in the clubs, it's ninety percent, ninety five maybe. Just like, and I got up there, I punched him in the face. And then I realized it was a woman. It was my mother. And people are like, oh. Yeah. And then you have to go up and be like, Kleenex. There used to be facial tissue. Now it's Kleenex. You know, like, it's hard. But I'm so grateful that, like, the taste of comedy consumers shifted towards the positive. And that started happening. You pioneered that in a huge way and made a space for people like me. To, that want to be silly, that don't want to be like, and I said, ba-boom, I put, uh, why am I doing it like that voice? Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. doesn't have to be against anybody. Well, I think there's- it, And I, all, I appreciate that. Well, you. you know what's interesting to me is that it's that I think there's a lot of people that conflate negativity with, quote, the truth. Yeah. So it's that whole school of if you're being negative- That's right. And you're saying dark things, you're telling the truth. That's right. And uh, if you're- not if your comedy isn't right now railing against what's happening in our country and railing about, you know, who's president and what's, you know, happening, then you're escapist and you're not handling the truth. And right. I think, uh, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think I agree with that. I think it's possible to be present in this world, understand that not all is right with the world and then try to find uh, We're back at the dinner table. Try to find the silliness. That's right. All. Yeah. There are people that confuse being sarcastic with having a personality yes. yeah. or hating everything as having a personality. Yeah. There's a real epidemic you'll see in people's Twitter bios. It says like, sarcasm is just one of the many services I offer. Yeah. It's like, you're in the way, Beth. You don't have to do those things. Oh! Bless oh, you. Bless you. Oh, I hope we got that on. Uh, that was a good one. We can sell um, that. Mm-hmm. We can get money for that. Yeah. Are you sneezing a lot lately? Use nasal tracks. <laughs> I just made up that product. Now we have to go find a company that, and make them get that name. Is that fun? It's a podcast. You can sing, believe it or not. You don't have to pay for this. I, oh, is that true? No. Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Yes. Okay. It's like when your final shows of The Tonight Show, you could do what it, the most expensive show ever. Nobody's ever going to care. Yeah. You could. You found out you couldn't pay for a song, so you sang the Charles yeah. in charge. That was yeah, you, you could have sang anything. You know what I did? It's also not true. You know what? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> not here. I, it, I understand it is with yours, but it is not here. I, I, and I'm not condoning that. I say do it. Crawl. No. Oh. <laughs> You had me yeah. for a second thinking I could sing all of Led Zeppelin, the most expensive catalog next <laughs> yeah. to the Beatles. You think if we sing Led Zeppelin, they're going to get us. a letter? No, but I think that the people in this corporation will have words. I say, fan that fire. Go for it. Get, I'll do it with you. You need cooling. Baby, I'm not fooling. Want to send you back to schooling. We done inside. Oh, give me your, oh, give me your love. Keep it cool, baby. Keep it cool, baby. 
Now, fortunately, I sing it so strangely. Yeah, that melody is... Uh, that uh, Charles in charge of our days and our nights. Charles in charge of our wrongs and, and our, our rights. rights. I want Charles in charge of me. What a weird song. <laughs> yeah. Why is he in charge of our wrongs it's, and our rights? It doesn't age well. What a terrible song. Anyway, there's no better way to get out on a podcast than me singing a song that Earwolf isn't going to let come through. No, it's going on. Yeah, it's yeah, going to go. No one's going to come after us for the Charles in charge theme. I say let him try. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Gorley's yeah. throwing down. Yeah, I couldn't fire do... wallet. Later in court, you just crying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Can I? I this is a fun lie. way to plug my my stand up special, Dirty Clean, which is out on HBO now. There's a joke I couldn't do, and it goes like this. First, I go, "Do you ever give thanks that you're not attracted to children?" It's just kind of a funny line. Mm-hmm. And I go, "But that shit is everywhere. Like, what's going on with that song? Hey, little girl, is your daddy home?" <laughs> Did he go and leave you all alone? <laughs> why, why am I hearing this at the dentist? Yeah. It's like <laughs> someone took a knife, baby, edgy and dull, and cut a six-inch valley through the middle of my skull. Is yeah. that the next yeah. line? Yeah. At night I wake up with the sheets soaking wet and a freight train runs the Well, now we're head. just loving the song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good song. It is a good no, song. No, it's a great song. But all I said was like, that's fucking weird. Like, nobody in the recording booth like this, through the glass, when he was like, I got a bird desire yeah. was like uh, Bruce it's fucking weird man that's yeah. all I said don't do that Bruce and I never called they, him a pedophile I'm not I'm also we're not idiots we're just saying the song sounds no I don't see why t- Why did they cut that out because I'm imp- the lawyers not of HBO because the production company would get sued not HBO uh. HBO was fine with it the production company wouldn't let me do it, understandably, because you're calling him a pedophile. And then I'd say, Neil Diamond, uh, girl, you'll be a woman soon. Wait for that transition to be complete. Yeah. <laughs> what fucking what, skis. She's just 16 years old. Yeah, leave there's her a alone, lot. they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're there's 16, a lot of them. You're beautiful in your mind. Yeah. There's a lot of them out there. I know, but those two were like kind of subtle enough. No, no, no. Like, I, but I, I'm surprised that. Yanked. I'm surprised that that got yanked. It was yanked. Well, but you know what spe- I said? Wait, let's make, some, make sure I get the name of the special correct. Dirty, dirty Clean. Dirty Clean. And that's out now. It's out now. That's out now. And uh, on HBO Go or HBO Now. And watch the special, which is really funny, but then imagine that hunk in it. I know. It's even a little bit better. <laughs> I had another, speaking of it went out like that, I had a joke where I go, some songs sound, this didn't make the special. I go, some songs sound unfinished. Desmond has a barrow at the marketplace. Well, he has a say, okay, that's a good start. And then they right. get to the chorus. They're like, oh, bloody, oh, bloody, yeah. just for now. Life goes on. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I couldn't we afford got that Led one. Zeppelin and the Beatles in this episode. This is going to be. Yeah, this but this is what podcasts air. are. This is why I'm happy you're doing a podcast. It's, it's still showbiz, but like, it's a dream. I don't know if you've ever had a dream of something that like requires almost no preparation or effort, but somehow impossibly produces a result I would say sometimes better than something that we worked really I hard on. I have calculated on. every question and every response on this beforehand. <laughs> and you've said all the things that I predicted you would say based on the algorithms I was working out <laughs> long into the night. So I don't know what you're talking about. I am old school and you've played right into my hands. Pete Holmes, an absolute desire. <laughs> 
I got a bad desire. We I got a bad desire. Tear me now, Pete. Do you like me? Do you want to sit on the edge of my knee, oh, Pete? <laughs> Pete, you've put that thought in my head. And I'm going to think about it the rest of the day. I know. And then I'm I, calling Bruce Springsteen because we chat every day on the phone. Give me a damn shirt. That's not how he sounds. Give me a damn shirt. It is a terrible Bruce impression. Hey, I want to wear jeans and a denim shirt. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's I know. Him. I'm what is that? Him as a deputy in, a, in an old cowboy west? <laughs> uh, the bad guys are coming. Calm down, bad Bruce Springsteen impression. Yeah, but the bad guys are coming over to you. We gotta get them. And uh, we also gotta do something for the working man. Marshall Dillon. All right, I'm wrapping this thing up. This thing's gone on way too long. This isn't one of your nine-hour podcasts where we say, just free flow. I'm a big believer. It's after the first hour that you get the good stuff. But yeah, you know. who wants the good stuff? We're 104. One- who? But after Can he I edits say it, this? after I he edits it, don't edit this out. Uh, I have that control, so it's going. Go out. ahead. Who told us that podcasts are supposed to be an hour? I have no had one. the experience of being on a podcast, and it's like hour three. Yes, and I do start to feel like. How does this stop? <laughs> but where I'm the guest, right? And uh, and I do think that they, if the studio was on fire, they wouldn't wrap it up. I understand. They're trying to get a little a little more juice out of the breezies. That's Conan's or breezies. Conan's, that's your yeah, yeah, That's right. Because no one knows what you're talking about. Uh, then I just say make it two hours. All right, Sona, you got to end this thing. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. That was Pete Holmes. That's Checked how out it ends? dirty clean. <laughs> On HBO now and, and crashing, crashing comes back January twentieth after True Detective. After True Detective, we're this we're the sorbet after great. the heavy on. Oh. <laughs> Some, someone in a crow mask is going to shoot somebody, <laughs> and then I'll be like, "Can I get five minutes at your club, Mister?" Why am I doing? Come that's on, a give you me a bit. Break. I'm only doing that because I'm with you. That's that my is girl in show bit. business. Yeah, she, Mister O'Brien. <laughs> Do you think you could put me on the show? Chomp, chomp on gum. Ah. Hands on hips. <laughs> Scrunchy on wrist. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, Mr. O'Brien. I could be a singer. Oh, I love it. All right, this is it. Peace out, Tupac. <laughs> and now it's time for another installment of Conan O'Brien pays off the mortgage on his beach house. I got to say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And for good reason. It's an absolute hit. Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever. Okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for, or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it. 
you know? He did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now, free on the App Store and Google Play. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair. For six days, but not with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Okay, of course, I'm sitting here with producer Matt Gorley, and uh, some of Sessian is doodling something. Um, remember the time I caught you doodling at your desk, Sona, and it was a butt? You were no. drawing a, Remember when no. you were drawing a butt? Remember? The, the story. Just hold it. Do you remember when you were drawing a butt? It's, I'm going to tell the story right now. There's no time because we're said, getting into a segment. I know, but you said, you don't do any work. I said, yes, I do, and I flipped through my notebook, and there was a drawing of a butt. Yeah. And Why were you, you drawing a butt? I uh, I didn't draw it. Jason Chalemi, our field producer, drew it on my notebook. He it was just very embarrassing because I picked up Sona's uh, book to see what work she'd been doing, and there was just a drawing of a butt in her notebook. <laughs> well, do you remember when we did those Roman ED ads and you were drawing erections all over the paper? <laughs> I wasn't drawing them. I was sculpting them. Oh, that's right. Um, Matt, we've now released a handful yeah. of these uh, podcast episodes, and I thought we should do a state of the podcast. Mm where we assess how we're doing so far. Why don't you give us your assessment as a professional podcaster? Well, I don't think it's any surprise, but we are doing very well. This podcast has an average of five stars out of five stars. The download numbers exceeded expectations multiple times where they even upped the um, ad sales and then had to sell more ads. So you're doing incredibly well. Okay, so that's good. I don't have any connection emotionally to any of that. (laughs) Uh, those are just, that's you looking at uh, various graphs and charts. You probably go into a dark room and uh, just look at all kinds of screens. Yeah, my numbers seller. Yeah. And uh, I, what I know, so I was in a foreign country called Canada. Uh-huh. And I was walking down the street and a car drove by and a guy rode, rolled down the window on his truck and said, Gone and I love the podcast. Now that's something. When you're reaching the, just the streets of another country. I like was that? in the streets of Vancouver. <laughs> now, granted, it's practically the United States. Yeah. Vancouver's pretty much a suburb of Seattle. Yeah. 
But I thought that was a good sign. I'm hearing more and more people say they like the podcast. And that's the only thing I go by is humans telling me. Mm -hmm. So your numbers Mm. and your graphs and your charts and you're telling me "Mm, mm, the advertisers mm, quadrupled their expectations Mm, uh, is that a fair you think that's a good first of all i didn't use that voice and second of all i am a person telling you that oh you're right how do you feel about it are you feeling good i am i enjoy it yeah i i totally go by how things feel i'm a sensual man (laughs) Well, I'm a sensualist. I feel, I feel like I know what Sono goes through on a day to day. And uh, I go uh, totally on, I'm very tactile. Sona helps. I'm like Jeff Goldblum. I have to touch <laughs> everything around me. Please. Oh, oh yes. Oh, 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 oh. that's Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, I, um, uh, it feels good to me. Yeah. I enjoy it. It feels like a form that fits my uh, rambling mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sona, what are you doing? I'm sorry. Why are you? You're on your phone when I, I need help do, over here. You know I what I'm saying? Do something can I, can I just say something, first of all? When we're doing the podcast, we're doing the podcast. I know, I'm And I sorry. looked over, hand me your paper, please. And you were drawing furiously. And you're drawing, who is that? It looks like kind of a chubby girl. That's very good. It's a little chubby boy. Oh, it's a He's little chubby. He's got a little afro. Okay, and then you draw. You drew all these weird designs on the side. Yeah, it's just my- Right, so you're scratching and scribbling, and then I see you texting on your phone, and you're like the teenage daughter. <laughs> I'm trying to explain to you, we're at- we're in Washington, D.C., and I'm showing you the Lincoln Memorial and explaining to you who Abraham Lincoln is, and you're on your phone, you know, texting with Doodling your friends. again. Right? Yeah, put that down. Put it down. The state of the podcast is that you, the show's doing well, but behind the scenes, it's a mess it's here. It's a mess. You doodle constantly. Why can't I doodle a little bit? I drew a little guy. Yeah, but you're not in the moment. I'm always present and in the moment. You have an attention problem. You know I that. I do. But, you know, in my defense, I'm answering emails for you because I am your assistant. So I'm when doing I do this, my other job. I shut my phone off and my phone doesn't exist because I'm only doing this. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a doodle off. Okay. I'm going to tell you something to draw. And yep. both of you are going to give it your best shot. Go. Okay. okay. Uh, a puppy dog with a Christmas bow on it. Okay. I got this because I okay. draw puppy dogs all the time. All right. Yeah. And go ahead and talk us through your process as well. I'm imagining the puppy dog. They both have a very interesting, like, Sona's just blazing this. Yeah, well, she draws puppy dogs all day long. That's what I do. They're both actually quite good. All she does is draw puppy dogs. Like, Conan is like the New Yorker style kind of artwork. James Thurber. Yeah. And he's got a bow on his head? Uh Uh-huh. It's a Christmas puppy. Well, I'm done. Whoa. All right. (laughs) Let's take a look. Please sign it. Please sign it. Okay. Quite a signature, too. Wow. Yeah. I drew, I I was under the, we were drawing as quickly as possible, I so. No one said that. What, who said that? No one did, but I I just, when I heard competition, I just immediately started going sure. really fast. Okay. Yeah. And Sona, well. please put your name at the top. You so. know, I'm going to put, I'm going to put an extra f- piece of flair on this guy. <laughs> oh my God. Both of these are impressive. Does yours have a bow on it? As Yeah, he said a bow. As Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So here's what we'll do. Uh, go to earwolf.com to the page for this episode, and you can see the pictures of these drawings, and you can uh, vote amongst yourselves or on Reddit or wherever you want with friends as to whether Sona or Conan did the best dog with a bow drawing. My little Christmas pup. Wow. And, and then can you put your name at the top there, yes. too, as, as uh, the assignment was clearly laid out? Oh, okay. <laughs> You're... Taking a lot from Conan. 
This is going to be great for people listening on the well, podcast. I'll you know what? Can I'll I say something, Gorley? You're the first <laughs> podcast producer to have people silently draw on the air. Probably your downfall. You know, I didn't know. You know what? Know. Eventually. What's that? You d- oh, come on. Wow. That's not fair. Okay. Mine's funny. Look at the dog. He's sad. Should I? Okay. The dog is sad looking at a Christmas tree with a thought bubble that says, I'm Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The owners didn't know his religion. Yeah, they just assumed. Yeah. Oh so anyway, God, well, you drew in Sharpie. You have a tree. You have a like a border. Oh God! You know what you and I. Your did. generation, all you do is cast blame. It's it's not fair. It's not fair. Where's my reality show? Where's my billion dollars? <laughs> I put the work in and I reap the rewards. I don't know. You're you're the one who started a show because you didn't get enough love and attention <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Well, it's working. <laughs> Conan O'Brien needs a friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White and the White Stripes for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.